you can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyT-Shirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome back, everybody, everyone, every folk who is here this evening as we kick off, unofficially, of course, the summer season. You're listening to InsideCarolina.com's bevy of podcasts. Specifically, this is the Coast to Coast. I am merely Joey Powell. With me, as always, Sherelle McMillan, Sean Moran. Sean, how is the left coast treating you, man? Uh, it's it's going to be back with the, the nice weather out here. Yeah. Hey, look, it's 65 in North Carolina right now. I can never remember Memorial Day, a Memorial Day like that. Shrill, how are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm about um, 10 miles from the big race tonight. I can't yeah. hear anything, but I saw the traffic coming in on my way back. So well, people you're are excited. Your local stop and shop should probably be feeling it <laughs> via their uh, their skull and bud fat uh, inventory. But I appreciate you guys being here. And as always, everybody listening, thank you, thank you, thank you for taking time and getting this into your feed and then popping it into your ears because we appreciate you consuming what we put out there for you here at InsideCarolina.com. If you wouldn't mind, take it a step further for us. Give us a rating and a review on whatever platform you're uh, you're listening. We appreciate that. And if you're not subscribed, go ahead and do that. That way you can get this episode and all the other InsideCarolina.com uh, podcasts sent straight to you as soon as they're uploaded. Our man John Siegley is, is always mastering things at the production end, and he gets them uploaded as soon as we get them recorded. And they are sent to you directly, like within minutes. And I've been watching uh, the Netflix series um, Startup lately. It talks a lot about like the dark web and all kinds of technology and stuff that I don't understand. Well, this is kind of that same ilk with how how these podcasts get sent to you. But either way, we appreciate you guys listening and hope that you will subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe. Uh, and just let us know. You know, leave us that rating. Let us know what you think of what we're doing. And if you're not if you're not fans of what we're doing, hey, give us a heads up too. We want to make sure we're doing better and and exceeding your expectations as listeners and viewers. While we're here, I also want to make sure that we shout out Johnny T-Shirt for sponsoring the show. We'll talk a little bit more about them later, but definitely want to give them some thanks. And guys, to start the show, get us open, get us rolling. We actually had live basketball this weekend, and I'm not talking about Sean Moran's raggedy driveway jumper. We are talking about real live in the flesh AAU competitive basketball at the CP3 Memorial Day Classic in Winston-Salem. Sherelle, I'm going to go to you first. You were there. Uh, Sean actually was also catching it via live streaming, which they have that on computers now, which is amazing. Rel, tell me your first major takeaway from, from being able to see live ball this weekend. Uh, it was just fun. Uh, ben was there on Saturday. The Honorable Jim Hawkins stopped by and took some pictures on Ooh, Saturday as well. Royalty. Yeah, so, you know, we're getting back in the groove of where we were a couple of years ago. Uh, but, you know, the CP3 facility in Winston-Salem is just – I love that place to go watch games. And they had a pretty good um, – pretty good team list uh, you know list of teams there uh, this weekend uh, team takeover who's also on the nike uibl circuit was there mokan elite who's on the nike uibl circuit was there and of course team cp3 there are seven teams and their six teams um are really good so that's kind of where we put our focus uh, team mellow was there as well 
Um, but our focus was really on those first three on um, team, the two CP3 teams and team takeover that has Justin Taylor, a UNC target who's visiting um, in a couple weeks. Uh, actually, no, he's visiting next week, next weekend. Uh, it's already Justin, here, man. It's yeah, already it's, here. It's snuck up on me. Justin it's Taylor. Not like, it's not like you didn't write an amazing article about that this past week. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a wing in 2022. Um, he's on takeover. And then, uh, CP3 17 has uh, Jaden Bradley, point guard, who's visiting later in June, yep. and Deontay Green, a uh, forward slash center, uh, who's visiting at some point this summer. Uh, TBD. And then, TBD. And then the 16th have Robert Dillingham, who I think everybody knows, as well um, as a couple other guys, uh, Jalen Curry, and then Gigi Jackson. Um, so really getting to see some of the younger guys was, was a key too. Um, <clears throat> I think great basketball for throughout the weekend, it was very competitive and at some of these events, you know, guys are dogging it, but I, I didn't get that sense at all. Um, I'll let Sean give his opinion, but it seemed like everybody was really into it. And we saw some, some really good games. I think my main takeaway, um, really for me, I, I, when I was watching Deontay green, I just thought about. You know, he might not have the highest ceiling of some of the bigs that UNC is recruiting, but he kind of just does the right thing often mm. and is just super, super solid. That was my takeaway. Like he just he is very, very solid. You know, it might not be flashy. Um, it might not be 20 points, even though he had a 20 point game, but he's just you kind of know what you're getting from him. And I think that's kind of invaluable in this day and age when there's someone's variance between. Uh, you know, a, f a fourth year player at one school and a top 15, you know, one and done in another. Um, just having that consistency is really important. So that was a takeaway. Um, and then just the CB3 1600 team is just so loaded with talent. It's, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, Dillingham and uh, Jalen Curry were out in Houston for USA basketball trials. And mm -hmm. I guess they finished last night or today, flew in and played uh, the final game this afternoon. And it, the thing is, even without those two who are both, you know, ranked by ESPN and scout 24 uh, seven and rivals, um, they were still beating people really badly without yeah. those two. Um, so just a, a talented group of, of underclassmen in the state. And I think that's a larger theme that we'll, we'll dig into more in the months to come is just 2023 and 2024, which are the rising uh, sophomore and junior classes in state have a ton of talent. Yeah. And, you know, to hear a story about kids like, um, like Dillingham and, and Curry, I mean, just flew in from Houston and boy, are their arms tired. I mean, that's, it's a, it's a big mark for those kids, and, and it's good to see that dedication because obviously, just like we're excited to be talking about it, they're excited to be playing in it. So uh, kind of refreshing, I'm sure, from your angle to see two talented kids like that come in and, and be able to get some, some, some schedule in before the tournament was over. Sean, what about you, man? I mean, again, you, you didn't get a chance to make it there live, but uh, what did you see? Did you see a lot of rust? Did you see kids like Sherelle that just really seemed to be excited to be out of the house and playing ball again? What, what were your major takeaways? Yeah, well, I'm like Sherelle, still waiting to see my first uh, live basketball. So I know this is uh, Sherelle's, I think, second second time. But, uh, you know, I, I woke up Saturday morning, Ben had sent me the schedule and, and you know, was able to just hop on the live stream. And there was a lot of, a lot of good action with the Nike teams uh, in play. And I'd say that the two games that I focused most on were the uh, team takeover game uh, Saturday morning as well as Sunday morning where Justin Taylor, I think, want to combine four of uh, 29 over those two games. But we can, we can get into that a little bit more. But I think in, in general, uh, you know, it was some very high-level high, high level basketball. I think the one, you know, interesting thing, and would love Sherelle to actually being there, but at the CP3 facility you have, you know, which a lot of gyms now do, but you have the high school three-point line, the college three-point line, and the NBA three-point line. 
And everybody was starting their offense uh, well outside of the NBA three-point line, which means for the most part, these guys were taking NBA three-pointers. Um, you know, I thought, you know, the, the percentages were probably lower than, you know, what you would expect. But at the same time, you have guys in every game and every team that were making them from, you know, from that deep, which I think just is once again kind of the Steph Curry ization of, of basketball with everybody shooting deeper and being more comfortable. But, um, you know, it's interesting just to see, you know, with the NBA three-point line, how teams were, were playing on offense. Uh, but once again, I think there was a lot of good, good talent. And even some of the early games, they definitely picked up, um, you know, picked up in the second half once I think everybody got their, got their legs out from under them. But a good amount of UNC targets to watch on just kind of a smaller Memorial Day weekend tournament. It was confusing at first because, you know, you're used to seeing the college line and the NBA line. And then I was like, what's that other line? And it's like, oh, it's the high school line. And it was as if there was a barrier on the high school line and like they weren't allowed or the players. Like, <laughs> force field. They, yeah, it was like a force field. Like they couldn't <laughs> shoot from the high school line and they wanted to prove that they could shoot from the NBA point, three point line. And, you know, it, it goes very well with what Hubert Davis has said publicly about how he wants to tweak UNC's offense. And I know people are tired of us talking about it, but talking about spacing and talking about pace and talking about being able to create space and create space for your shot. I mean, those guys are so good at that now, even at an early age. I mean, Robert Dillingham, he's one of the best I've ever seen in high school with his ability to do that. Wow. Just to, just to, you know, uh, take a dribble or two and he gets his shot off so quickly and he can shoot it from anywhere. Uh, there's another kid on the CP3 16 team named Aiden Holloway. I mean, he was just draining threes from three or four, you know, feet behind uh, the NBA three-point line. Like they just, there's not, there's not the thing where, oh, you don't have to pick him up until, you know, you don't have to pick him up at half court because he can't make it from there. That's changing. Like, I, I don't know how far this evolution is going to go. And I don't mean to get too <laughs> deep into, you know, what basketball is going to be. But if guys are going to start shooting from that deep, I, I wonder there's got to be some way to change it to kind of, you know, zag when everybody is, you know, zigging when everybody's zagging or whatever, because it's just ridiculous what these kids can do now. And he's, you know, these kids are 16, 15, 16, 17, and they're, they're hitting shots from four and five feet behind the NBA three-point line. So um, that was definitely a, a key takeaway. And then what it, what it happens is when the floor is that spread out, you can drive and drive and drive. And that's what we saw a lot of the guards doing. Um, Doug McDaniel, not really a UNC recruit, but playing for team takeover. I mean, he, he was doing that time after time um, because he hit a couple of threes. And then where there's that much space and you have to guard somebody from that far out with his kind of quickness and other guys who have that kind of quickness, they can just drive right by you and dish off for dunks or, or get layups themselves. Um, so that is where basketball is at right now. I think it's smart for Hero Davis to, in staff to kind of start to cater their offense or, or tweak the UNC offense a little bit to take advantage of that. If nothing else, it sh you know, shrinks the gap between what kids' skill sets are at the high school AAU level versus what they are when they step on campus in Chapel Hill. And if you can, if you can minimize that and streamline that, then obviously as the game gets younger in college, uh, you start relying more on these impact freshmen. To your point, it's exactly something that should be a positive for UNC at least relatively, at least relatively speaking, when you compare their, uh, their past offensive strategies. Um, I love the thought of uh, that you guys were talking about. How do they, how do they change the trend? I mean, it's almost, you, you almost think that somewhere, some legislative body like, like FIBA is going to go reverse rock and jock where, you know, 
a, a, a three-pointer from the logo is, is going to be worth two points. And then if you get a layup, it's worth five or something. Yeah. Uh, he, I was in front of the program, but Monty Jones, I was listening to his podcast and he was just talking about, it. he was like, something's got to change when everybody's doing the same thing. Somebody always finds a way to do something different to give yep. them an advantage. Um, so too I, much money it, on the line, not to. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so it's, it's got to happen. It, it, we're at the point now, I think we're in the middle of it and we won't really know we're getting out of this era of basketball until, you know, probably later but i think you know people are just trying to come up with ideas now of, okay we know everybody can do this how can we do it a little different how can we tweak it um how can we just improve on it where we're not doing the exact same thing where it's just oh let's take 43s a game and if we make 33 percent, then that's you know the, you know the math on that so um i'm just i'm curious to see where it goes uh, it's, it's pretty fascinating to me sean what's the magic remedy <laughs> you got I'm it sean. Not, that's, that's not putting you on the spot at all no <laughs> I mean, right right now, I, you know, I was watching, uh, unfortunately, a, a Wizards fan, so I was subjecting myself to the uh, the Wizards Sixers series, and you know, the Sixers was, you know, Tobias Harris was hitting every three. I think Embiid was, you know, he he wasn't missing, and you know, at some point, you're like, what do you do? You're playing defense, but what do you do when just nobody is missing, no matter where it is on the floor? Um, and I still think, you know, when you go to the college game, it's it's uh, it's not at that elite level, uh, obviously, but, um, you know, that'll, I think we've seen the trend in terms of the uptick in three pointers and, and everybody's starting to shoot it a little bit better. So, uh, you know, I think that's why I still prefer the college game is that it, it hasn't fully taken that turn, but, uh, I mean, you know, with 16 year olds hitting NBA threes, like it's a, you know, a 15 footer, it's just gonna, you know, expand the court that much more as, as things go on. Yeah, it's definitely heading that way. Uh, guys, any last thoughts you want to put on uh, about this weekend's uh, CP3 Classic? Sherelle? Well, I, I'd love to hear Sherelle's take uh, just on Justin Taylor since I know that will be or has been kind of a hot topic on the board. Um, I think 2 of 14 in the first game Ben watched on Saturday uh, and then – or maybe 2 – sorry, 2 of 15 and then 2 of 14 in the game Sherelle watched uh, this morning. I would say um, don't – just don't judge anyone by one weekend, anyone from the best player ever to, you know, me when I was playing for the Hope Mills Tar Heels back in 1993 in middle school, uh, we'll have a bad weekend. Everybody can have a bad weekend and shoot bad. I think what you look for is, you know, things that are repeatable, um, how he shoots it, how his lift is, how his feet are set apart, you know, how his wrists, you know, flicks when he, when he shoots, um, what kind of shots he's taking, um, how he performs in other aspects of the game. Is he making a contribution? You look at all that other stuff because shooting, you know, it, it's, you're going to miss, you're going to miss shots. And if you're a really good three point shooter, you're going to miss 60% of the shots that you take. Um, it's just the way it is, <laughs> you know, in basketball. So um, I, I don't take too much from it. I, it wasn't in the games that I saw. Um, it wasn't like he was, you know, just locked up and he couldn't do anything. He was missing shots and that's going to happen. Um, the thing for me um, was that maybe a little concerning is that when he did try to facilitate, it was definitely a mixed bag. There were a couple of times where he made some nice um, drives and dished it off to teammates for, for layups slash dunks, but there were a couple of times where he was kind of in no man's land, and it seemed like the more shots he missed, the kind of the, the more difficult shots he took. 
So, you know, he misses an easy, I won't say easy, but he misses an open three. And then maybe he misses a pull up jump shot. The next one is a step back three. And then he misses the step back three. And the next one is like, you know, jab, step, dribble twice, pull up, you know, it just kept getting harder. And I think that's something that is easily correctable when he gets to college and that uh, he'll be playing with better players and he'll know the value of, of what a good shot is and, and kind of when uh, to take that. And that was the struggle for him. I think this weekend is just the shots that he took uh, weren't particularly great, even though he got decent looks, but it wasn't like he was just getting locked down and he was unathletic and couldn't do anything. Sean, you had something you want to add? Yeah, no, I, I think, uh, yeah, Sherelle hit a lot of it. And, you know, usually if, if a guy's going four of 29 in two games, you know, I think he, he played pretty well um, Saturday afternoon against Boo Williams. Uh, I know he had kind of a, and one dunk that that uh, quickly made it onto the highlight highlight reel, but you know I, I think his his shot difficulty uh, every shot was was difficult. He wasn't getting a lot of um, you know just wide open wide open looks. And I think you know the th- my take my main takeaway was you know going into it, I wanted to see can he compete at kind of the top you know Nike EYBL level athletically, and I don't think. I expected him to be able to break somebody down off the dribble and just easily get to the rim. Um, but he was able to kind of make some, make some moves. And, and while he wasn't able to, you know, get to the rim the majority of the time, he could get into the, you know, he get two or three dribbles. And then with his size and I'd, I'd say sneaky athleticism, he could rise up. And, you know, once, once he got up, you know, he wasn't really being contested because everybody was smaller than him. Um, so it was more of just, he was missing, missing shots. Um, but I think, you know, seeing that he could create his own shot, I think was, was important. Um, and I, you know, I actually came away fairly positive, um, you know, just from seeing him, him move. And, you know, as Terrell mentioned, some of the threes he was hitting, you know, left to right crossover hitting from the NBA three point line, or even the ones he was missing were, were deep or tough. So I think, you know, you put him on a team that, that, you know, has other talented scorers and the shot difficulty goes down, but, um, you know, he can, he can finish at the rim and he can, he can, uh, rise up over people when he, when he's shooting. So, you know, the four of 29, you know, people will probably won't remember in a, in a few months, but I think, uh, you know, from, from a skill set, I, I think he does project as, as a kind of a three that could fit in well at UNC, just given his size and strength. So the listeners and viewers. Don't freak out about the stat line is, is what Sean and Shrill are trying to tell you. It's, you know, it's a little more about what his total game is. And Sean, I think that point about fluidity is great. Shrill, what's up? I was just going to say, Sean mentioned size. That was the other thing that was impressive too. He's not a skinny little kid. Like he, uh, Jalen Hood Shafino, who's a, a big, a big guard from uh, Charlotte who plays with team CP three is, you know, he's, a, he's got good size on him. And uh, Taylor and Shafino were, were, were kind of on each other. And I, I think Taylor is, is just as big, if not bigger. I mean, he has really strong legs. It looks like he's, he's well-built. He's not a skinny, you know, six, six, one sixty type kid or anything like that. So I think that's important too, for him, wherever he goes to school um, as far as playing as a freshman and getting minutes as a freshman, he's not going to be physically overwhelmed. All right. So before we uh, before we move on to the the schedule for the upcoming official visits and the real recruiting stuff, guys, when's the next time uh, you're going to be able to see live ball, Sean? Yeah, <laughs> go great question. Mosley at uh, <laughs> go see your boy coach Mosley at uh, uh, down from last year's usual to watch them play. I might have to swing by, catch some uh, pickup in the in, in the gym. 
Sherelle, when's the next time you're going to be able to see uh, any, any live prospect action? Uh, so I hope to get to a couple of practices of some local AAU teams. So in the next couple of weeks and then um, to the last two weekends in June, high school athletic associations are allowed to have uh, it's basically open like evaluation periods um, so that for high schools. So there'll be a bunch of high school tournaments uh, in North Carolina. Cannon School right down the road usually has a good one. There's, there'll be some in Rock Hill. So uh, we'll be out for those two weekends, I'm sure, to, to see some guys. All right. And as always, we will make sure that we try to give you listeners and viewers a breakdown of what was seen about the goings on at those events. But real quickly, we'll take a quick break. Make sure we're giving love to our friends over Johnny T-shirt. Look, I mentioned at the top of the show, unofficial start of summer is Memorial Day weekend. Well, you need summer gear. You need uh, a summer tank. You need some nice shorts uh, to show off your beautiful uh, wintry white legs. Uh, or ashy other colored legs. My, mine are white, but um, I'm assuming Sherelle doesn't have white legs. Uh, no. But if if, uh, if you need new shorts for the summertime, hit up Johnny T-Shirt, please. Uh, Johnny T-Shirt is a huge, long-time, tied-in supporter to the Chapel Hill community. Uh, big supporters of Inside Carolina, locally owned and operated. They're alumni of UNC. Just some of the best people you could ever want to meet. And we want to make sure that we're taking care of them the way they take care of us. They've been sponsoring our content and InsideCarolina.com podcast for quite some time. But um, if you want to continue uh, to look your best when you head to the pool or the beach or what have you, if you're at a, if you're at a cookout, notice I didn't say barbecues because barbecues are food. Uh, but make sure that you're wearing the nicest, most comfortable summertime UNC threads from our friends over at Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com. Check them out online or hit them up on West Franklin Street there in Chapel Hill. Uh, definitely thankful for their support. And Sherelle is thankful that they are putting me in nice shorts so that he can see my glorious <laughs> white chicken legs. Uh, boys, let's head on to the stuff that, uh, again, you guys and, and Bossy put together a really, really, really great summation this past week on the Inside Carolina Premium Boards, which, by the way, if you're listening to this and not a subscriber to Inside Carolina Premium Content, I'm going to take three seconds and judge you. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do average of 29 and 11. God, shit. What'd it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Forward, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Now that you've been judged, please remedy that problem. Uh, there's always good specials to sign up, but make sure you're getting the premium content because this what Sherelle and Sean and Bossy and the crew put out this week is everything you could possibly need as we look forward to recruiting season. Uh, right now, as we sit on the 30th of May, Sherelle, we're, we're within 48 hours of, of the first visit. I mean, the most recent offer is going to be the first visit. And I think you, died, you guys did some, some great breakdowns, but I'll, I'll run through it real quick and then I'll let you guys kind of go to town here. But June 1st, Will Shaver. June 2nd, Jalen Washington. June 5th, Justin Taylor, as we mentioned earlier. So, Sherelle, he's this week, essentially. Yeah, it snuck up on me. Uh, June 8th, Derek Lively. June 15th, Jaden Bradley. 
June 16th, uh, recently offered Seth Trimble. I'm sorry, I said Shaver was the most recent offer, but I lied. Trimble was the most recent recent offer. Um, 27th, Isaac Trout. And I'm sure there will probably be a Deontay Green addition in there somewhere. I think, as Shrill mentioned earlier, that's a TBD. Shrill, I'm going to go to you first. You don't need to rehash this, this great uh, piece that you guys put out this week, but what are the main things you think UNC fans should be paying attention to as visits actually start? on June 1st? I think what I, what fans I think should be in tune with and what we will try to be in tune with is how are official visits different under Hubert Davis? How mm-hmm. I think um, is he pitching UNC differently? The, the big part about it. And when you've had the same head coach for 18 years, it's very easy to know exactly <laughs> how things are going to happen and exactly what they're going to do. Um, I think it'll be similar. Um, because, you know, the pitch from Hubert Davis to the players is going to be the same. It's going to be, you know, this place is special, like he said in his introductory press conference. So they are not selling a role per per se or minutes per se. They're selling the Carolina experience and everything that comes with that. And a part of that is big-time basketball and playing, you know, minutes and all that stuff. So I think that's different from some schools where the pitch may be, hey, you're going to come in and play a lot because we really like you. So that's that's something – um, I'm interested to see how that uh, squares with, you know, these kids because they haven't been anywhere, um, especially the ones who are taking visits next week, because for most of them, that's going to be their first official visit ever. Um, for some of them, it's going to be like the first <laughs> campus <laughs> visit anywhere, you know, outside of their hometown. So I think right. that's big for UNC to get people like Shaver and Washington and uh, Taylor in that first week to make a big impression on them. Um, so that's the first thing I would say to, kind of be on the lookout for and then to see how serious some of these guys are or aren't about ending their recruitment following not their Carolina official visit but following their scheduled June official visits because that's something I don't think we really know Mm -hmm. Um, I think there will be like on the football side like uh, Don was on the scoop podcast with Ross and he was saying they expect a lot of commitments just not just for UNT but just in general just a flood Um, yeah yeah just a flood and I, I don't know if that's the case for basketball because you know as we've said these guys can take five. These are their junior year visits. So if they want to wait until after August 1st, they can take five more. Um, so that's what I'm looking for. Uh, how have visits, if changed, if at all, you know, will Hubert Davis do the typical breakdown and compare him to former Carolina players? Um, <laughs> is that going to happen? Um, and then two, who is like serious about kind of coming um, or nearing the conclusion of their recruitment? So really trying to check for those two things. I want to ask something before we kick to Sean. Uh, Shrill, what is the NCAA uh, legality, for lack of a better term, around those kids being able to scrimmage with the current team and any uh, any former alumni that may be back in town? Oh, yeah, they, they can. I mean, Kellan's been doing that for years. Uh, that was one of the reasons I think Nate Britt back in the day got an offer because he performed so well during pickup. Now, the coaches can't be in attendance watching that pickup, I don't think. I'm not sure on that. So com- somebody from compliance, email and let right. me know. Um, <laughs> but they can, you know, the, the players will come back and say, oh, so-and-so was great. Uh, Caleb Love, for example, was there a weekend where Danny Green and Tyler Hansborough were, were playing and pick up. And Danny and Tyler went back to, you know, Roy Williams and said, hey, this kid's really good. Not that Roy Williams didn't know that, but just having that stamp of approval that he can kind of fit. Um, but, you know, it's not indicative of everything. There have been players who didn't play pickup, who looked like they were having a terrible time, who ended up committing to Carolina and having <laughs> a great career. Uh, great career. So, um, you know, I, I do think they're, they're able to, and I would expect that's part of, kind of a draw, too, to have, you know, that great basketball going on. 
Sean, one of the things I think that you've really nailed uh, when you're talking about the fit for a lot of these players, um, again, it seems like shooting just seems to be the, the big thing. And if it's not shooting, it's the ability to stretch the floor somehow. Uh, what do you see when you look at the game of all of these kids that are coming in and, and how, <clears throat> excuse me, how do you feel like that's going to, I guess, elevate or advance uh, Hubert Davis's philosophy? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, I think it's a really strong, strong list uh, for the month in terms of, of kind of a variety of players in the rankings, a variety of positions and a variety of skill sets. Um, so, uh, you know, I think from a from a big man perspective, every big coming in, they do have the ability to shoot the ball. Um, you know, I think I'm probably most excited about Jalen Washington, just, you know, once again, just from what little I've seen of him, but you know, also being able, you know, potentially, you know, you're getting a, you know, low five-star kid, um, you know, onto, onto campus early on. And then, you know, once again, Justin Taylor comes on early. Uh, I, I think the other interesting part will be the Jane Bradley, Seth Trimble, basically back-to-back almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and those are really the only two, two legit ball handling guards that they have offers out to. So I could see, you know, that they're, potentially being some pressure on one or the other um, with, with those. Uh, and, and at the same time, those are the two when it comes to shooting that uh, might have maybe the most work to do. Um, both of them can shoot it from the outside, but are not known as shooters um, versus I think really every player on the, on the list um, usually has shooting in, in their profile, but both of them, they excel in the open court and can finish, you know, can finish at the basket. So, I think overall, it's a strong class. It does show the shooting from, you know, really the, the guard wing and, and, you know, big man spot. And once again, I think for this class, it'll be ideal to get, you know, a mixture of some of the guys that are, are rising quickly, but, you know, still ranked in that lower four star. Uh, but at the same time, making sure that there's the talent um, for players that can play right away, because there will be that need, assuming that Armando is gone and, and manic will be gone. Um, so yeah, there, there needs to be a, a replenish of talent. And if they can get some uh, early for the young guys, that takes some of the pressure off the transfer portal as well. Something I think that we've discussed kind of a lot here is, is the transition and how uh, Huber Davis is going to change UNC's offensive philosophy. But with an offensive philosophy change, you're likely going to see probably some defensive tweaks because each coach and each coaching staff has their own nuance and their own signature and stamp that they want to put on the game. Uh, Sean, I'm going to keep it with you here. Who are the defensive studs out of all of these kids that have signed up to, to visit Chapel Hill in June or are there any, and, and which of these kids have, <laughs> which of these kids, let me rephrase, which of these kids have better uh, defensive skill sets or have a chance to be a bigger asset on the defensive side of the ball? Um, I, I mean, I'd start with Lively, who, who might be, you know, at least what we're all thinking might be the most unrealistic one. But, you know, just given his size and length and, and shot blocking ability at the rim. Uh, but I think, you know, the, the thing to focus on, it, you know, we've been talking about stretching the floor offensively uh, really the last two, you know, two months. Uh, but defensively, it's making sure that there's, there's not the mismatches when a team is playing, you know, a, a natural wing at the four spot. And now you're, you know, once again, you want, you need to be able to guard the four, four out one in um, or be able to, you know, for the big man to, to operate well and the pick and roll defensively. Um, you know, I think 
I think like, you know, Shaver, for instance, he's a true big um, and he on offense, he can step outside and shoot it. You know, if he gets put in a pick and roll on the perimeter, does he have the foot speed? I think is a question mark, um, you know, but you look at the guards, you have Jaden Bradley, Mellow Trimble, um, both guys that are strong and, and can probably switch upwards. And then you have a guy like Isaac Trout, um, you know, who could probably play the, the four three as well as Justin Taylor, you know, maybe, you know, I think it's a natural three, but could be a three, four. So kind of the players that have that switch ability, um, but in terms of, you know, lockdown defenders, I'm not sure if any of them fit the bill, but, you know, at the same time, I don't see any of them being exploited depending on what position they're put at uh, within Hebert Davis's defense. Sure. I'd like to ask you a little bit of a kind of a related question, I guess. Uh, how do you feel like the staff and what have you heard or been able to confirm as to how the staff has been approaching defensive recruiting or how they've been discussing uh, defense, you know, when they're talking to potential offers or, or potential prospects? Yeah, primarily, I think, uh, you know, he's talked about offense. Primarily, it's right. been it's been spacing, shooting, spacing, shooting, spacing, shooting. Um, but I think defensively, you look at some of the players um, that Sean mentioned. Uh, to me, there, there are four who kind of stick out of the visitors. I think Jalen Washington, Derek Lively, and the two guards, I think all have potential to be really good defenders. Um, so they know that, you know, they're, they're switching to the style that's a little more or I shouldn't say switching, they're tweaking the traditional Carolina system to ensure that there is additional shooting. So I think they know that that's the type of player who has hurt them in the past. And that's where someone like Justin McCoy, I think comes in someone um, who has the ability to, to defend some fives like he did at Virginia. Um, naturally, I think he can defend fours and then maybe uh, some threes and he can do a lot of switching, which I think we'll see more of. I think we'll see more zone from Hero Davis. We, we've heard that from a few places that while it's not going to be their primary offense, that maybe uh, they'll, they'll be less uh, hesitant to use it like Roy Williams was. So that's something to consider. But, um, you know, whenever, when I'm, I, again, I don't consider myself a, a scout or an analyst or anything, I'm just a writer. But when I am looking at, you know, defensive skills, I, I look, I say, okay, do you either have really good lateral quickness or do you have really good length? Because if you have one of those two, then I think you can kind of cover up the other deficiency. Right. But if you're missing on both, that's when it becomes an issue. And of those four, you know, Jaden Bradley is long for a point guard. Mm -hmm. Seth Trimble is very, very athletic for a point guard. Uh, Lively is long for anyone. And so is Washington. I mean, he's, <laughs> his wingspan, I think, is seven two, seven three. So Lively and, and Washington can be your your kind of uh, rim protectors, you know, guys who if somebody does get past, you know, a guard and uh, on the perimeter, you have Washington and Lively there to, you know, uh, control the paint. I think that may be a struggle for some of the other um, defensive posts or for this, maybe a struggle for some of the other posts they're recruiting. But I think those two guys have that. And then Bradley and, and Trimble are, are very good. I mean, I know Bossy is extremely high on Trimble's defensive uh, potential because of his size and his athleticism, his lateral quickness and all, all of that ability. So, I mean, I think that's four right there who could be good defenders. Uh, obviously, the chances of them getting all four are <clears throat> uh, just a, just short, just, just north of zero. Um, but, you know, if you get a couple of those guys, then, you know, you integrate them into what you have with, you know, defenders like uh, Anthony Harris, you know, already on the roster. And I think you still can be a good defensive team. You make yourself a nice burgoo, you get a couple, get a couple of those ingredients, right? Um, all right, last thing I want to throw out before we wrap the show for tonight. Um, we want to make sure we have a chance to, uh, and, and Shrill's taking off. He's got daddy duty, I'm sure. But 
Uh, Sean, I, I want to at least kick to you and let Cheryl speak about it when he comes back. Uh, I saw there was a good piece put up this week um, that Sherelle did about uh, about Tyler Nickel and some recent communication with the UNC staff. Uh, also, a twenty uh, you know forward from the class of twenty two, six uh, eight you know listed at two ten, looks a little slighter than that to me. Uh, but what do you want to say about about Tyler Nichols' game? Again, no offer yet from UNC. We'll, we'll kick to Sherelle for that in a second. But what do you want to say about his game, Sean? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think he, he he's been playing very well over the spring. I know, uh, you know, their co- the AAU coaching staff is extremely excited for him. Um, you know, in terms of a preference, and once again, I don't think it's the, the exact same um, position. But you know, I, well, let me let me take a step back. You know, for him, I'd say he's a kind of a a nat- more of a four three. So once again, a hybrid where mm-hmm. you know he, he would be most comfortable operating there, but he has the ability to shoot. Um, he has ability to, you know, drive offensively, uh, has the ability to stretch the floor. So those three, I think are, are things that once again, we've been mentioning time after time. Um, I think the thing for me is, is just quickness. Um, you know, that, that's something if, if I am able to get to see them in the live period in, in July of, you know, what does, does he have that, you know, I think, top of the top of the level ACC athleticism, um, or at least kind of skill level. Um, so right now I'd say he's, you know, the four that can stretch the floor, obviously he's been, been playing great, but, um, you know, athletically, where does he, where does he mix in? And again, he's, he's been scoring like it's going out of style, um, at least during his high school season. Shrill, is there anything you want to share mm-hmm. about, about Tyler Nichols, um, Tyler Nichols recruitment and, and how it's progressed or, or what do you think might be next, uh, you know, in that, in that timeline? Well, he, he's in June, um, the date he hasn't, he doesn't want the date out there. Um, but I think you could look at the current schedule and maybe kind of figure it out. Um, but yeah, so, and, and basically what he told us was, um, uh, that Coach, you know, Hubert Davis wanted to meet him in person and, and kind of go from there. Um, this is his only visit in June so far um he confirmed and he said originally he wanted to make a decision on his 18th birthday in september but i think that's getting pushed back a little bit because (laughs) schools are getting interested all Uh, these kids and their aspirations (laughs) i think it said something about um his interest in unc that that is the only uh visit that he's got scheduled and he doesn't have an offer from them so i would suspect that you know that offer will eventually come pending what happens with some of the other visits in June. Um, but, you know, they like him a lot. And from talking to him, I've only talked to him on the phone a couple of times, but his confidence like comes through. Um, he's got that for Joey. I, I'm going to alienate some listeners, but he's got that Gray's Creek confidence, Joey. Like, whoa. you know, from, whoa, 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 yeah, whoa. he feels like he's from the Creek and he, you know, whoa, easy on the chicken. Road <laughs> talk, <man. It's- laughs> no, what I mean is just, you know, he plays at a small school in a, in a very rural part of Virginia, um, and he credits kind of um, his improvement with, you know, working with his trainer and then getting with uh, Team Loaded. And he said that kind of changed, you know, kind of, you know, the player he is. Sure. And, yeah, the kid is fearless, and you, you can just hear the confidence coming when he's talking on the phone. Like, he has the ultimate confidence in himself. And, I, you know, you, you can't buy that. There, there are a lot of kids who – there are a lot of kids who are good, um, but they, they're they're tentative and they don't really believe in themselves. So I, I think that's something to note. And that definitely endears, uh, is endearing to Hubert Davis. We all know his story about, 
how he went to Coach Smith and, you know, told him he was going to be on scholarship there and all that. So I think he may be, I don't know if I would say he sees himself in, in Nicholson, but I think those traits that he, he likes about himself, that aggressiveness, um, that confidence, I think Nickel has that. And, you know, Sean May and, and Hubert Davis have both told him, you know, they need scores is, is their message to him. And he definitely, you know, is a score, not just at the small Virginia school level, but also, you know, in national travel ball on the Adidas circuit too. He gets buckets, as the kids and Nike T-shirts say. Quite I, a... I hate, I hate certified bucket getter. It is, I just, <laughs> I every time I cringe every time somebody says, "Oh, he's a certified bucket getter." I'm uh, like, you didn't hear that out of my mouth. I no, I know. I'm just saying. I just, it's, I've been holding that in. We'll so. make sure that we refrain from using that in the future, uh, as, just, just as say we have can, so far on the show. Just say he scores well. Like what? You're why also do we not have a fan over... of scores the basketball either? So how do we? Yeah, I mean, what else is what else you gonna do? You score the football? Like, come on. <laughs> you, anyway, you 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 make love to the basketball. You yeah, just score the basketball. He, he's good at scoring. That's all you have to say. <laughs> Boys, uh, appreciate the appreciate the the wrap there on Tyler Nickel. Want to make sure listeners to premium subscribers go read what Sherelle posted four days ago about Tyler Nickel. Gives a little uh, deeper dive into that. And again, as that. Uh, as that visit materializes and news breaks about that, obviously you'll see it on InsideCarolina.com. All right. Last chance. Sean, you got two pennies for us? Well, I, I think, uh, you know, in terms of finally getting people on campus, um, you know, with this list, I think there's maybe only a few. But once again, we've been seeing people start committing to the overtime league early. Um, yeah. We, you know, I saw Rod Strickland was out and about at the New York AAU tournament. So, you know, both of the G League and overtime are, are trying to, you know, get their allotment of, of mm -hmm. kids. And I think it'll be helpful, uh, you know, for people to get on campus and see the campus environment, see the Dean Dome, um, and just kind of get that feeling that they really weren't, you know, last year's class wasn't able to get. Um, so I think that'll be, you know, that'll be positive for UNC and just college hoops in general. And then, you know, once again, I think, you know, going back a few years, it, it seemed to be the, you know, the early February uh, kind of official visit for some players quickly turned into a commitment. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see, how does Hubert Davis and the coaching staff play these official visits and, you know, maybe some of the pressure that could be put on afterwards, you know, especially that, you know, the point guards uh, back to back and, and, you know, who's that first player to commit um, to Hubert Davis uh, and when does that come? So, you know, the ball really starts rolling, you know, June 1st with Bill Shaver. And then uh, obviously the, a lot of the live period stuff um, AAU wise in July. So June, July will be, pretty action-packed, uh, which is exciting after after last year. After nothing. And definitely want to also give another Johnny T-shirt shout-out as my beautiful wife just walked by wearing one of my uh, shirts that I procured from Johnny T-shirt. So I uh, want to make sure you guys remember them. <laughs> Sherelle, last question before we, we put a bow on this episode. When we record the show again two weeks from tonight, will Hubert Davis <laughs> have his first commitment uh, solidified? I don't You don't think have so. to give me names, just guess. I don't think so. Okay. All right. Well, we will certainly have our eyes, ears, and uh, keyboard typing fingers ready to go in case that does happen or materialize. But, hey, you can't get commitments and you can't go any farther in the recruiting process until these kids get on campus. And we've seen that, if nothing else, this staff is prepared by having a really good list lined up for June. So we appreciate you guys listening. Continue to watch InsideCarolina.com. We will have 
all the news as it breaks uh, and any more information that comes out about potential new offers, new visits, any of that stuff. Uh, Sherelle, Sean, uh, Ben, Greg Barnes, Ross Martin, the whole crew, they're all over it. Uh, I'm just lucky enough to be sitting, sitting here facilitating a conversation to bring the news to the people. Football too. Football too. Is football a huge too. Yes. Yeah. Dude, we're we're uh, in the middle of summer <laughs> workouts, and shoot, it's May the thirtieth. We'll be three months out from from football here pretty soon. Mr. Burns' fingers, excellent. Um, <laughs> boys, I appreciate you guys joining me on a holiday weekend. I uh, hope you guys enjoy your day tomorrow. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Everybody, thank you for listening and watching. If you've been checking us out on YouTube. We will catch you next time here on InsideCarolina.com's podcast, Coast to Coast. For Sherelle McMillan, for Sean Moran, I'm Joey Powell. We'll talk to you next time. Late. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.